Hi, I'm Johnny Nelson, and you're listening to episode 14 of the Out of Your Head podcast, which is now entirely mobile and recorded from a van. That's right. Today, the van is in Sarasota, Florida, with our special guest, improv legend, Will Luera. Will is a freaking delight, and in this episode, we talk about a whole host of things, including how important it is to be able to fail as an improviser, some aspects of teaching improv that we've both kind of personally experienced in our improv journeys, Will's teaching all across the globe and how culturally improvisation and teaching changes for him. We also talk about how topics we studied when we were in college, like physics, philosophy, and German, actually affects the way we improvise as well. You're going to love this episode because Will is amazing and (laughs) such a treat. Also, this guy literally agreed to hop in a van with me and talk, and we never even met each other before today, so he's the best. Uh, If you could do me a massive favor, and that is just simply subscribe or like or comment uh, wherever you're listening. Apparently, the robots who look at algorithms like that sort of thing, and it helps podcasts. I don't know why, but it does. So if you wouldn't mind taking a moment and like clicking, (laughs) you can go to all the places it's found. YouTube, iTunes, Google. Oh boy, there's a bunch of places. And just comment and like. You can even leave me nasty comments, and I think it's supposed to be helpful. Uh, I really appreciate that. Hey, thank you so much for listening today, and enjoy this episode with Will Luera. No one cares. Yeah, so it's fun. <laughs> Will, thanks for doing this. Of course, thank what you. you. Will, how do you say your last name? Luera. Luera. I didn't yeah. know if the if the L was silent or not. Yeah. So no. Yeah. Full on L. Luera. Right, full on. L. <laughs> <laughs> um, I I feel like one super excited that like you're the first podcast guest I've had physically in the space because I did a, a online one. Yeah. Um, and uh. Two, I'm excited that you're an improviser <laughs> because like you're the first person I've had that I don't already know. Oh, okay. And it's so funny because right. I like, man, most times in life, if someone was like, hey, this person's been doing improv for a long time. Mm-hmm. Do you want to like sit with them in a car and chat? I'd be like, yeah, <laughs> yes, of course I, I do. Like, it'll go, it'll be great. <laughs> or like. If like there's like a weird gig, like you yeah. know, in the improv community, like sure. some business thing, and they're like, well, they're an improviser. I'm like, okay, cool. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> it's like just such a different mindset. Well, I am honored, and I'm like, I, I'm sorry that I my eyes keep wandering because I'm just taking in the van and like your hard work and craftsmanship. I'll take it as a compliment. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna run around. There's like these succulents on the wall, and like one of them died, and I just picked a little yeah. like green thing and put it in. Like, I was like trying to do some finishing touches. It's about nine. 90% done. Okay. Oh, this yeah. is this is fantastic. I love it. Thanks, yeah. man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's been it's been really fun. It's also like everyone's like, oh yeah, and it's like it's hard too. And it's like, yeah, it is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> like I just like I you know, you always just show people the good pictures and sure, like yeah. uh, whatever on Instagram, and it's like, oh, it's kind of vacation-y. But it's not. (laughs) (laughs) But we're living in a vehicle. And like last like last night I was um parked and my husband was playing and Mm -hmm. I'm like, 
I have to shit. <laughs> and I, I went to go start the car to go move to like go to a toilet. Yeah. And the that's when the battery was no! dead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So <laughs> and then like I like uh waved the first person I waved down like gave me a jump, which was amazing. Uh-huh. And then you know how like you know, shit sometimes come in waves. Sure, and yeah. Le- like, you know, yeah. leave an intensity. I was like, I thought, thought I was in the clear. I was just going to hold it out for my husband to be done playing. And yeah. then um, <laughs> it like hit real hard. <laughs> and I was leaving the car running and like, oh my. Uh, I, truth be told, I was listening to some podcasts that you were in. Oh, wow. <laughs> doing my research. <laughs> I was like, I got him. Meet, meet this guy online. Um, and uh, my husband called and was playing in the background. And he was like, I was like, Matt, I need you to. And he's like, what is like, what is the what are those voices on the back? Matthew, <laughs> Matthew. <laughs> I was like, listen to me. <laughs> I need to come pick you up. <laughs> so like you know, I'm glad that I was some there. of those things. I'm glad that I was there for that ride with you virtually. Yeah, thank but you. I was, yeah. Thank you for being there. I felt better because of it. <laughs> Talking about improv in your ear as you're going through this trauma <laughs> yeah that's right. <laughs> so you've been doing improv for like quite a while, right? For a long time now. I mean, I um. I, I guess the total number of years would be about 28 years. Okay. Like this, right, probably like right now, this month would be 28 years from when I first started. But I, if I count my professional years, it'd be more like 24 years. That's cool. Yeah. I'm so, I'm so weird sometimes. Uh, when you said that, like 28 years doing improv, I just got yeah. little goosebumps. Like, yeah. hey, how's it going? <laughs> you want to come in on the podcast? <laughs> yeah, this is great, isn't this it? This must be your wife. This is my wife, Maria. I'm Johnny. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. If you want to come in the podcast too and just hang out on the bed, like you're more than welcome. It's okay. Take a little snoozer. Oh, thanks. Awesome. Yeah. Very cool. Thanks. Well, yeah. So Maria and I, uh, we met in Boston. Uh, Quick tangent. I know we might get to this later. Oh no, this is great. Uh, Maria and I, uh, we met in Boston, and we've we've been now over no about twelve years now. 12 years yes yeah, so, and maria is also a theater artist oh well. and you guys still like each other yeah <laughs> we do enough different stuff in theater that's good right to, that we could go in our own little pools but every yeah. now and then we get, get in the same pool for a little bit uh what sort of uh theater stuff i do And I'm, and I'm going to tell everybody in case they didn't hear that because I don't think the mic oh. would have picked it up. <laughs> Social political theater, yeah. theater for the oppressed. That's very cool. Yes. Um, and, you know, improv is definitely a part of mm-hmm. all of that. It's more like yeah. rehearsing for real life. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, very cool. Enjoy your <laughs> Swing by again if you like. <laughs> nice to meet you. Bye, Bye Maria. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Um, I always, so my husband obviously is an artist you know playing cello right. but um you know isn't in the improv world and i like kind of love that mm-hmm. yeah he's like hilarious yes like so funny oh, which is good. a huge plus mm-hmm. but i'm also like you don't want to do improv do you yeah my wife stayed away from improv she would come to see the shows and she like didn't uh, she didn't get it uh, at first, and I. I this is something that <laughs> she didn't, that, get, she didn't it. get it. I, like that. I have to admit, like this is something that sparked my just curiosity and improv years ago. But there was just a cultural gap. Like she's from she's Brazilian, uh-huh. and so she really didn't get like a lot of the American sensibilities yeah, and sense yeah. of humor. So she would go watch, go to Herald Night at Improv Boston. She's like, I I don't know what they're referring to. I don't know why everybody's laughing, right? And so yeah, but she eventually started to. Uh, when we moved here to Sarasota. 
she she's like, you know what? I have nothing else to do. I'm going to take your classes. She she, she took all my classes. She eventually became part of our in-house musical improv troupe. Okay, she's a awesome. singer, so, awesome. so she does that. Yeah, that's interesting. That you know, it's like well, you got I think like two hurdles, right? When like mm-hmm. someone is like already watching long form for mm-hmm. the first time, like getting that, right? And then to the, like layer on top of it, like a bunch of cultural humor, yes. inside jokes. Yeah, I was talking to uh, Stacy on an episode. Um, Stacy Smith. Stacy Smith. Yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, about like Boom Chicago and about like those references, mm-hmm. like they're making, like making on stage, not making and like she's like, I just say the names of the grocery stores there, and they go wild. Yes, isn't it amazing? Like I, uh, it's funny. Like sometimes when we'll have guest performers here in our, in our shows in Sarasota. <laughs> They'll the, I invite them to watch the 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 main show, and then I'm like, you'll be on, and you know, you'll you'll come in and do the encore set with us, or we'll do a later set. They'll come in, watch the main show, and they'll get it eventually. They're like, oh, okay, all right. We talk about the snowbirds, well, uh, like the, uh, we talk about the roundabouts. We we talk about the age gap here in Sarasota, yeah. and you make references to some of the locations, and boom, you got them. You got the audience. Yeah, that's so funny. <laughs> Um, that's one thing I kind of want to talk to you about too, is you have done like a bunch of teaching, mm-hmm. uh, like abroad, right? Yes. And, um, performing abroad too, or a lot of performing abroad. Lot as of well. performing yes. abroad? Um, it's kind of interesting. I'd love to hear some of your perspectives on like, you know, as you've traveled, like mm-hmm. how you've had to like adjust, whether it's your teaching yeah. or like some observations you've had about like, I- I've had limited, like yeah. I, I, I is um primarily just been in europe i did mm-hmm. like a few little workshops and um you know from country to country you even notice some some things sure, yeah. but like it's very interesting mm-hmm. yeah you have to I, and that's something i learned early on about making those making those adjustments so yeah this is this is a great question it's something i i uh I, I like to talk about because um my first international trip outside of north america because before uh before this trip, I'd been to Toronto to do shows. So, you know, I, I had stayed in the North America, North American improv circuit. Uh, but then in uh, like 2003, 2004, we were invited to do a show in Puerto Rico. And this was like our first, I know, I, I know it's American. I guess, I guess, I get it's part of the United States, but it's culturally very different. So we were invited to go do that. And they were like, yeah, there's going to be troops in from uh, Spain, from Mexico, from Puerto Rico, from Chile. They're all, and now you're going to represent Team USA. <laughs> now, this is a, a time when there wasn't that much international touring going on. Yeah. So I talk about uh, with, with some of my friends about when I used to tour back then, like, like 2003 to 2007 or 8, everywhere I went, I was Team USA. Yeah. Like I, they, I, I was like the <laughs> yeah, only American the they saw. Yeah. And like I literally <laughs> would buy a jersey and they're like, hey, I'm Team USA. So, we got there, and it was it was a competition. So we mm-hmm. were in that at, at in that uh, festival. We were Team USA, and we had our first set, and it was us versus I think the home team. It was us versus Puerto Rico, and we do our set, and we all have years of doing uh, uh, improv in, in in the states. We do our set like crickets. Even worse, this tournament had this thing <laughs> that where. The audience was given like these little foam balls, and if they, oh, no. and if they didn't like the no. scene, they would throw it at you. And all it takes is one yeah, yeah, to then yeah. get the entire. And they're the oh whole yeah, time. they're flying the. Whole, and yeah. it, there's nothing more discouraging than just sitting on like doing a scene and watching these foam balls <laughs> flying at your face. So you, <laughs> so like we're doing that, and we're like, oh, this is horrible. Then we all like go humbly sit down. Uh, you know, thinking like, oh, you know, we, we came in, you know, whatever, arrogant, cocky <laughs> as the American improvisers. We're told to sit down. Then we see Puerto Rico go up 
nailing it. I mean, they're just bam, bam, bam. But, uh, but we notice, and this was uh, going back to your question, and this is where I realized, you know what? Well, you can't just come in and do your same old American thing here. Yeah. Look, and we all were looking at the Puerto Rican team, and they're like very physical, like very expressive, huge gestures. Mm-hmm. And so then that night, back at the back at the hotel, we're like, we got to change our game. We got to do that's what we got to do. And so that was just my first example. And every country I've been to ever since, there's always a, a shift that you have to yeah. do. But that's when I that was the first time I re- I realized that. I was um I think, and I don't know if I have a, a full enough grasp on it um because of you know maybe it was like four or five workshops I've done in Europe. But I, I was starting to feel like I was picking up on that um, their improv was mirroring theater more than it was mirroring sketch comedy. Yes. And I was like, oh, okay, okay. That, that's a really important distinction. And I, uh, that, that same, you're, you're reminding me of like that same festival in Puerto Rico. And again, me being American improviser, mm-hmm. we, we go in, we're having like a post-show party or whatever. And I'm just talking to some uh, improvisers <laughs> from Mexico. And I'm just like, so what are you guys? Are you like IO, Second City, UCB, Annoyance? Like I'm just tossing on all these things. They're looking at me, not knowing. Wait, think, wait, what year is this? Again? Uh, this is like 2003, 2004. Okay. And they, these people, the team from Mexico, some of the best improvisers uh, that I know, just um, had an amazing show. And so I'm like, surely this must be grounded in some sort of school of thought that I'm familiar with. Yeah, yeah. Right? <laughs> they, were, they were like, I don't know what you're talking about. And that's when I learned like, oh yeah, like these aren't, there's more than just these four schools of thought. And that's what I learned. What they are doing is they're trying to replicate theater on stage through improvisation. So they study playwrights, they dramaturge the hell out of it and then try to recreate it through improv. It's wild. Um, It's very interesting because I feel like, you know, everyone's got the different trajectories. They're like, their bases, they're like studying improv. Yeah. And I, I feel like something kind of particular for me was that the first four years I did it in Michigan um, I did it out of a local theater and we did short form um, I kid you not for four years never once was there a note or instruction oh wow never and wow. so it was four years of like me trying to kind of work out best practices mm-hmm. and um, like, I think we knew yes and yeah <laughs> <laughs> and um um, and also getting just really comfortable failing, you know? So that, that I, I'm glad you said that because I was wondering, I'm like, was that good or bad that you didn't get any notes? Well, by the time I moved to Chicago and I like, like was taking classes, I was like, holy shit, like there's a theory behind this. <laughs> and I had just come out of, um, you know, finishing a double major in German and in philosophy. So I was like already in academic mode. Sure. Yeah. Long behind me now. But, <laughs> um, I was just like so eager and just like every little morsel of information, yeah. just like writing it down and pouring over it every night because mm-hmm. I was like, I can't believe like I can go up there and have something in my pocket as far as best practices. Yeah. Right. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. That, that's a, that, that sense of freedom that you're describing is something that, uh, uh, like again with the no no notes and just discovering uh, I, what did you, how did you put it uh, being comfortable failing yeah yeah oh like that honestly I mean I know we have our best practices and we have 
you know, I have my lesson plans. I have all of that. But it wasn't until recently, and I'm going to say like in the last, I've, I have a curriculum that I've developed over the last, the first version of it was 20 years ago. So I, and I keep working on it. Literally every class I teach, I'm, I'm modifying something. Awesome. But it wasn't until about a year and a half ago that I was like, Will, you have to talk about failing. Like nowhere in this curriculum does it say it is okay to fail. And, and, and we want you to be comfortable with that. We want you to be able to be like, oh, okay, let me just dust that myself off. Let me get right back at it, right? Do you, um, I, I, I've thought about this. I feel it's a weird line to walk as a teacher um, of like having the pressure of like making a class feel fun for people mm-hmm. and like also like teaching them things where like, yeah, they have to like push into failure and like not have maybe a great class. <laughs> yeah. And you're like, isn't this great? Yeah. Are you glad you came? Yeah. And like, um, like leaning into exercises that you're just like, these aren't inherently fun. Yeah. And it's so interesting as a teacher because like every class is different too. Like some, you know, some groups want to be pushed more and some don't. Yeah. And so it's such a tight, a tight walk for me at least of like making people feel like they're having fun. And then mm-hmm. sometimes being like, oh damn, I just ran a whole class of like, I don't think anybody had fun. Yeah. <laughs> because I was like, I was like, they weren't ready for this. Yeah. This was maybe, and I was just like, they just needed something light. Yeah. They just needed a light, playful day. I, and I was like, trying to, but don't this is this concept. <laughs> oh, man. You are like, you're like, like hitting a nerve for me because it's like, that is one of the more stressful parts about creating a, a curriculum. And I, another one of the things that I've changed even more recently than that one change was I'm like, Will, this is great. Like, your curriculum's awesome. You're really hitting a lot of good points, but you got to give them that carrot at the end of class. You gotta, even if it means ending the class on a silly short form game that that maybe does, maybe it touches on part of the skills that you worked on, yeah. but more than anything, you're just having fun, yeah. right? And so I've started to redo my <laughs> curriculum to like even maybe it's just like, hey guys, we're gonna do scenes for ten minutes, and I'm just gonna give you side coaching as we go. But it, it, even if that if that is after ninety minutes of like. Uh, okay, we're gonna drill. You know, we're gonna dr- drill this physicality, and we're gonna drill these vocal exercises. And and you know, they're coming out of it like, oh man, I suck. Uh, you know, feeling like that, like, yeah. oh, this is really tough for me. But then you give them that little carrot at the end, be like, you know what? That's great. Let's just have a scrimmage, basically. It's like a sports yeah. thing. It's like let's just scrimmage for a little bit and have fun. Yeah, it's um, you know, it's also interesting too because it's like if you're like if you've already like build a rapport with these people, yeah. you can have a class where you're like, oh, like. Oh, that was less giggly today. Right, yeah. Uh, but if it's like a workshop or something like that, it's a one-off. It's like, it's almost, you're thinking of it more like, I don't know, like a show. But like, there's a, that level of like, if you don't make it fun early on, <laughs> <laughs> then they're not going to have fun when you try to make it fun later, yeah, right? Yeah. And so it's like finding that arc of like, yes. let's get loose, let's get playful. I want to like try to hit some concepts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that that thing of failing is... um very interesting. I, I, I once had a teacher in the conservatory program. Uh, I always think about this. Um, said to me once, um, Johnny, just be okay in this scene with like it not going well or being funny hmm. or just not even going that well. Like, I think early on I had a pretty like decent proficiency at knowing like how to find the funny in a scene and mm-hmm. like how to like, like make it a, semi-successful scene and um that was an interesting thing of like oh yeah you're in class just just try this one don't worry about it like working out and maybe don't even 
do you like you've got a, like a, a good sense of where the funny is but don't go for it and mm. like oh. and it was so overt you know yeah of like yeah just just fail on this one yeah it wasn't it wasn't as specific as fail but just don't worry about like making funny or anything right right it's like oh, yeah, okay that's okay that's i don't you, you know i don't let myself do that very often as a performer you yeah. know especially in a show you wouldn't that's like such an interesting challenge yeah and was that helpful for you in that moment i don't know <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, but it always stands out to me. And it was just kind of like, it, it, I think it also kind of set the tone for me too going forward in classes of like, hey, this is not a place where you have to like, you can try different things and they can fail because that's exactly what you want to be able to do in a class is like stretch yourself and like, right. you know, yeah. this is the best place to do it. And I know <laughs> I, I, I say something similar to people too of like, like focus on this ex- sort of exercise is like, don't worry about being funny. It's such a distraction. So, yeah, yeah. As we all know. Yeah, I'm glad. I'm so glad we're talking about this because it's such such an important thing. I um, well, uh, you're making me uh, reflect again on uh, when I added this part to the curriculum about failure and kind of talking about it. And part of my curriculums, we I put in discussion points, and I instruct either the instructor or in this case myself. I'm like, at this point, have a discussion about this, right? Like, have a conversation. I have sit down or in Zoom. Like, everybody just uh, we're just going to talk for a little bit, right? And and we do the, the the reason why I ended up putting in failure is not only because I think it's an important concept, but I would have students consistently during the check in of the next week. They'd be like, "Oh yeah, I couldn't sleep after class last week <laughs> because I would kept thinking about what I should have done." Oh, and I was like, "Oh my, my classes are <laughs> affecting people's sleep. <laughs> right? They're having fun, but it's like they're sitting. It's I, powerful, I'm, Will. It's powerful. I'm imagining them just sleep, sitting there in bed like a." You know, and their their spouse or their partner is like, <laughs> stop thinking about it. So I'm like, I gotta I gotta find a way to release that stress. And so just uh, now it's like in, I think it's like week three or four. So early in my curriculum, I'm just like, hey everyone, we're about to start to get deeper into this stuff. And guess what? Some of the things are not gonna go well. You might even say things that you're gonna be like, ah, oh, that sucked. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, I want you to learn how to just release it. It's okay. Let it go. You're gonna have another scene. And yeah. I tell people, and I'm pretty. This is. It sounds maybe hyperbolic, but I would say it's pretty honest. In my 28 years of improvising, I've never done the same exact scene twice. I might have done scenes that are similar, right? And I'm talking like pure improvise, not like planned premises. Yep. But like I might have done scenes that are similarly similar, but never the same exact scene. Yeah. And I tell my, my students that. I'm like, that scene, that sucked. Don't worry about it. Guess what? It's gone. It's gone. It's never going to happen again. <laughs> um, so I have a, kind of a two-parter question for you. Um one what is it that you kind of gravitate towards like what's like what like gets you the most excited as a teacher when you're teaching like whether it's a concept or like a sort of class or blah 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 and then two what as a performer Mm. and are those the same yeah because i've been i've been reflecting on this personally lately and i'm like oh the thing i like to do as a performer the most Mm -hmm. i actually don't teach the most Uh uh-huh yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I I feel like okay, this is another great question. Thank you, Johnny. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and so um, I think the bring that the thing that brings me most joy as a teacher, yeah, is uh, teaching people how to uh, teaching people how how to articulate their sense of humor to start a scene. And like in, in a lot of my early classes, we really just focus on like what is it that and I and I I truly believe this. I so everyone is funny is is in a, like so I I could say that okay I think everyone is funny now could everyone actually 
be funny, that's a different story. Like, could you actually deliver a punchline, a joke, a yeah. funny character? That's something the different. The stage presence aspect yeah, of it. All the, of that. Yeah, the co- being cognizant of how you're coming off. So many different okay, things. Sure. But, but I'm like, but everyone has some sort of sense of humor. There's right. something that you find funny. Yes, yes. Right? And, that's and, for sure. Yes. And so, like, <laughs> I, and I'm like, let's, let's, and then that's my goal is like, the second part might be a, a more exclusive portion of the class, but the first, like, you know, the, the ones that are going to truly be comedians, but the first part, I'm like, we all find something funny. So let's just, let's, let's sit in that for a little bit, right? And yeah. so as a teacher, as a teacher of people, of humans, that is a, a, that, that brings me a lot of joy is to have people sort of discover like, oh, this is what I find humorous and now I'm going to share it with the rest of my class and I'm going to gain confidence in that. And so like, and I'm like, oh, and, and I feel like that little process, then that person starts to gain confidence, maybe a little bit of courage. They start listening a little bit better and they're able to engage in conversation a bit easier. So that's kind of the human part of me. Is that, no, is that an overall like note you just give someone before they're starting a scene or mm-hmm. like, is there like, if you're willing to share like a certain exercise that you have that you're like, this one is focused on like, go ahead and think about your favorite comedy oh, film and then I'll incorporate <laughs> that sensibility into this. That's a great question. So the very first, like very week one, uh, week level one, week one, I have an, I have uh, an exercise. It's, all it's called is what's interesting about, and that's all. That's all it's okay. called. And in it, I I basically tell I tell the instructor what you're going to do is you're going to introduce a topic. And then you're going to tell the, the, the class to everyone to share something that's either weird, strange, interesting, funny about the topic. And so oh, okay. last night, yep. last night I, I had a level one week one class, virtual uh, class. And I think the, uh, and it was, uh, it was 16 students, so 17 of us total. And I was like, okay, shopping mall. Shopping mall is a topic. Now we're all going to go and just share one quick statement. And again, this class maybe some of uh, 16 students, some less than a year of improv experience total okay. of these 16 students. And so I'm just going, let's all go through it. And people were like, uh, how there's a Sabaros at every food court, how the perfume, uh, how they try to get the perfume on you, yeah. right? How the people who uh, who do the, uh, the the waxing or whatever that yeah, is. The threading? The threading, yeah. yeah, like all of that. And and people were just coming up with like uh, <laughs> all of these amazing little bits of, ob- you know, the, the, the speed walkers at the mall, yes. right? I worked uh, in a mall for years. Years. Yeah. They're all just resonating with me. So like they brought all these up and I told them I'm like and and some of them obviously brought bigger chuckles out than others. Yeah. But then I told them I'm like we just had 16 great little nuggets mm-hmm. that we could have built a, we could build scenes from and all of them were interesting, all of them were funny and all of them were yours. Right? And so that and and that's where I start and then as we go every week we start to kind of dig that out a little bit more cuz then it starts like then I start to go into all right, that idea you had about threading uh, my little hand gesture <laughs> threading uh, for those who are just listening we're crossing our fingers and we're bouncing them on each other yes and so we're threading that's international sign <laughs> and so I'm like and, and about like week three four five I'm like okay now remember that idea about threading let's let's turn that into a scene how would you start a scene about the weird thing about threading yeah, right? and yeah. then now they're, they start to figure out how to articulate their their comedic their, their, their comedic sensibility exactly so that is like as a human as a teacher of humans that's what i <laughs> that, that's what i like uh as a um 
as a teacher of improvisers, right? Like, <laughs> I was that, wondering what the alternative yeah. was going to be. I was like, a teacher of dogs. Yeah, it's like, like once I dismiss like all the non-comedians, I'm like, thank you for coming. All right, comedians, you stay you stay back, right? And uh, for me, it's like, I love teaching uh, the, the tilt and scenes. So sort of like, hey, here's the everyday premise of the scene. Uh-huh. Last five, 10 seconds. I love like just working on the tilts. Like what is the weird the weird bit of information that comes in. What is, what is the weird secret that a character has that is organic? I don't want it to be like completely out of the blue, but I want it to be like really, uh, an organic process of these two, of these two characters, right? What secret is revealed, et cetera. Can I, uh, ask you to expound a little bit on like what sort of things you would potentially, um, see encompassed in the tilt of the scene? What what sort of, uh, yeah. Like what sort of like, if it's like, you know, you said the secret, like a, someone has a secret that's weird. Mm-hmm. Or is it like, how many, how many like different things would you like, or what are some of the things that you would, you would see as being in, part of the tilt? Good. So, uh, so I teach it. Uh, so I will say that I teach the tilt in two different ways. The first one is more of an organic one, right? So it's like, we're, we're going to do a, uh, kind of using the sport, the story spine as a start, right? Once upon a time and every day. So I'm like, just show me an everyday scene between these two characters. Okay. And so maybe we have two friends, uh, we have two partners, uh, two coworkers, whatever. And then they're just sort of in, engaging in their everyday conversation. But then one of them just make, maybe makes a weird gesture, looks at it weird. And then suddenly, and all I ask them to do, I'm like that thing, whatever that thing was, unpack that. Like you saw it, I saw it. Dig we all saw it. it. Yeah, unpack so that thing. It, it has some maybe overlap with like game. It has a little bit of over- yes, but it's it's it might be more than just pattern play. It might be unpack that as well. Right. And yeah. Dig into why. Dig into why. And then for me, the idea of a of a pattern then takes a more complex. I, it becomes more complex because for me, the pattern is not something that we're going to just we're unpacking it. But we're not going to start to create the pattern. We're almost going to acknowledge that this pattern existed before the scene started. Yeah. It was already there. And we're just unpacking it right now. Yeah. And then we're now now we're going to be like, okay, this thing that's happening right now is something that existed before the scene. Right. And now we're and, and it's just tilting now. It's true to the whole world. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. And we're now we're going to get into this. That's fun. And so we we do a lot uh, like I love tilt scenes. My favorite and I talked about it being an organic tilt. My other favorite thing is more of a I'll sometimes refer to it as an artificial or a forced tilt. And it might be a little bit more like this. If you and I may engage in a just quick scene and yeah, then I'll yeah. give you an example okay. of what this. And so for, I would tell my, my, my students, look, just, this is an everyday scene, no conflict, no crisis, no surprises, no secrets. We're just two, we're, we're just two people hanging out. Uh, and, uh, we might say, uh, where, where do we want to put ourselves? Uh, maybe at a museum. Okay. okay. We're at a museum. So we'll start that. Two friends or, uh, you know, just two people at a museum, no conflict, no crisis, no surprises. All right. So here, here we go. Gary, I, I feel more elevated when I'm here, like more sophisticated. I know I'm not, but right. I feel more sophisticated. I know, I know. It's like I'm, I'm like standing up straighter. Like <laughs> I, I noticed that since <laughs> walked in the door. I know. It's like, like I, I'm just. You look uh, stiff. They, well, I well, I know. I feel like I have to. All right. You know, it's like I mean, but the art is so beautiful. Like I'm, I'm, I'm feeling more intelligent. There's, there's two things going on. It's beautiful. I feel better, but I also feel more judged. What? You feel more judged? Yes, other people are here probably more into art than both of us combined. Oh, we don't, don't feel so judged. We earn I only it. know 
the name Monet. Good and freeze. Good. So that one little the the forced tilt was me. You heard me say what? Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, and, you made something more important. Yeah, and, so, and and I love that because I'm like, and I'll sometimes tell my students, I'm like, choose the most <laughs> insignificant thing in the scene. Just choose the most insignificant thing, and then t- and then force the tilt. And so sometimes it'll be something like. One of my favorite ones ever that one of my students did, and I'll never forget, was I was teaching a class in Atlanta. Uh, and then uh, one, it was two teachers in a teacher's lounge. And then one, <laughs> one student goes to the other. They're like, okay, uh, uh, they were looking for something to write with. And then one teacher was like, yeah, do you want a black pen or a blue? That was, the, that was all they said. Do you want a black pen or a blue? <laughs> and then this other student was like, what? <laughs> Wait, you carry a blue pen? Right, and then so it, it forced. That's such to, a good trick. Just, just, the, <laughs> just the impassioned one. Yeah, yeah. It is. and it's like, and then suddenly it just became this ridiculous thing of like, because not even the student didn't even know why they were saying it, <laughs> so they have to unpack it for themselves. But we suddenly discover why this blue, and like, I think it was something like, uh, my husband signed our divorce papers with a blue pen, right, or something <laughs> yeah, like that. Yeah. And now we know why they like. This, oh, that's they were, so good. But, uh, yeah, so the forced tilt, and I, I, I don't teach forced tilt like to my beginner students that's something i kind of bring in later because once you're more aware you know as, as more yeah. like experienced improvisers you're a bit more aware of the entire landscape of the scene yes we are in the moment and we're present but we're also aware of everything else that's going on yeah so then i'm like okay now that you're aware of everything go ahead and force the tilt and see what the hell happens yeah yeah <laughs> i like that i like that it's such an easy clear thing to explain it's just put it in passion yeah i borrowed a um exercise from stacy smith and she may have developed it. i'm not sure if it was someone else and sorry, Stacey, I'm giving it away to everyone. Um, all, all 100 people who are listening. Um, uh, she has this exercise called How Dare You. <laughs> and it's, it's kind of, you know, the similar thing. Yeah. Of you're just making something very important. Yeah. And like person A has to say a line that couldn't mean anything. <laughs> right. And then person B immediately responds. Like if it's like, you know, like it can't be a question, obviously. Just a, a, a mundane statement yeah. of like, um, there's some chips on the counter. And then you just launch it. How dare you? And you just go into a monologue. I love and that. Just escalate into your cap it, and and it's got that same sort of feature of, yeah. the, of the force tilt of just like things are bypassing us. Yeah. Let's just make something important. Yeah. I love that. I could almost. It's so funny you say that, and I could almost hear Stacy saying yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Almost, uh, but but that that and I, you know, I sometimes uh, when we when my students are asking me like, how do I make a scene funny? And one of the t- tips we talk about is like, take the most insignificant thing in the scene and make it the most important yes. thing. Because uh, usually what we're trying to do, I think sometimes, especially beginner improvisers, you're trying to introduce something that is of super important. Yeah. Right? Yes. And, th- and then they, they, they try to make that funny. I'm like, I'm like, no, look, you keep the, make the most mundane yeah. thing. Yeah. Oh, man. I, you know, it's, it's so funny because that's something I know, but something I've never like said in a class. Mm-hmm. And that's so true and so good because there's so much of like, yeah, that's like people are trying to make, make the most important choices, and it's like it's mm-hmm. that's, <laughs> that's okay. yeah, yeah. Just a but it, it's important for them. It's yeah. definitely yes. it's got to be really important for yes. the characters, right? Uh, but we're trying to fit it into the paradigm of us as as us the actor. Yeah. We're like, what would be important for me, the actor, right? Yeah. Oh, losing my house, uh, my kids running away. Like, oh yeah, yeah. Of course, that's important, right? But for the character, yeah. Right. Like, find like the what, whatever the whatever the most mundane thing for them, and elevate it to just yes. extreme important. Um. So as a performer, yeah. oh, do yes. you feel like is there like something that you either like 
either what do you lean into or and or is there something that like you like you're like this is actually something i like and i do that i actually really don't teach too very often uh-huh. do you have yeah yeah so, so what, those questions uh, okay good all right yeah so um ooh. yeah what do you like to do as a performer like, so as a as a performer there, there's a i love the more the, i love the free formless aspect of of uh of improv and and there's a uh i have a group that i perform with called big bang i got to and watch the, one of your shows last and night and the whole goal is like we're coming in Great. without form yep and all we're doing is just sort of picking up on weird funny intricacies that are happening within the within the scene like somebody said something weird mm-hmm. somebody did something weird somebody referred to something strange and then we and then we're just Part of the and if you watch us perform, part of it is like unpacking those tiny little moments, but also giving each other crap while we're doing it. Like (laughs) it's almost like, why would you say something like that? Just because you said it, we're now going to go to that scene, right? And so that a lot of what's happening in Big Big Bang is that sort of playfulness, and it and it happens so quickly, right? The the scenes are just coming in one on top of one of another because we're uh, that's our that's our our sense of the sense of play. Uh, The things that I don't get. To uh, uh, said I go. Hey, Someone yeah. just walked by. They used the porter potty. Um, we didn't make eye contact with them. They didn't make eye contact with us. I should. And also, also, if you're listening to lawnmowers, that's just gonna be part of the show, you guys. <laughs> uh, it's part of. It's like an ASMR. Show. Yeah. <laughs> lawnmowers. No, I, it's so funny that porter potty was put there like a month ago, and I'm not even sure why, because there's there's no nothing happened in this area. I mean, yes, we're here in lawnmowers, but they're not here every day. They're here once a week. Good spot. Man. Somebody was like, "Hey, let's just put this here next we to Will's house." Too many shits over there. <laughs> Actually, that might be why. Yeah. I'm not even. <laughs> now you that you say it, moment. that might be why. Thank you, City of Sarasota. Yeah. <laughs> might as well give them a place to do it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I think we've mentioned this early on in this, but we're in a van with our doors open. So <laughs> if you're just listening, that's what's going on. Uh, so um, the stuff that something that I like that I don't teach that much. Um, actually, it was one of the last classes I was teaching. It was cut off by the by the pandemic, yeah. actually, and that was uh, the idea of a serial show. So where you build out a world, and then you play in that world. Uh, and so well, the first time I ever did it was a medieval fantasy. So think Hobbit stuff like that, okay. Lord of the Rings, and so you work with your cast. To build out what this world's gonna look like, like, and I'm, when I say build out the world, I'm talking about like not just your characters. You have like, a conversation about what the what sort of elements. Yeah, and it's like, what is uh-huh. this? What a what a uh, okay. you know how how big is this world? What uh, is it? A con- are we looking at a continent? Are we looking at Ooh. like a city? Oh, like, smart. what is it? And so we start to, the conversations begin do you there. Draw a map? We do draw do maps. You, oh, yes. yes. Oh, actually, I draw like a a, a silly map, but then. I I every now almost every time I do this I have a cast member who's just a real artist and they'll they'll detail yeah. it and it's beautiful. So we, that's uh, so uh, the one that I was doing uh, right before the pandemic was not medieval fantasy but it was film noir. And I gave them all this all the a bunch of different genres. I'm like what are we going to do here? Are we going to do are we going to do medieval fantasy? Are we going to do film noir? Are we going to do mobster? Are we going to do a uh, horror or whatever? And so we all for like the first two rehearsals we build out the world. They're like, what does it look cool. like? And then once we build that out, then they get to create their characters. And then we start to just, what I love about it, it's almost, it feels like 
I, I don't play too many video games, but it feels like those video games where you just get to go anywhere you want. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah like almost like a Zelda. Or yeah. Kind of open world. Open and, world. Yeah. There it is. That, that's it. I think it. that's it. I'm not a huge gamer, too. That but... feels right. I feel like I've heard yeah, that open before. World. Open world. Open world improv. <laughs> Opening in 2022, Johnny and Will's Open World Improv Theater. <laughs> when, you, uh, oh God, when you said map, yeah, uh, I read the Chronicles of Narnia like over and over growing mm. up. I still like read the first one every winter. Um, but there's like one of those maps in the front, just like Tolkien has those maps, yeah. you know. I like ten years ago, I, I saw them online, like at eBay for like before the movies came out, yeah, for, like twenty bucks. And I probably shouldn't buy one now. They're probably like you know five million dollars. <laughs> like, I just love those little. Oh no, my clock. Um, I just love those little like maps that go with stories. Honestly, mm. any. I'm, if I'm being completely honest, any book that has pictures in it, I'm like happier for it. Mm, yeah. Do you like the picture breaks in books? Like every now, like when you're like reading, and then suddenly there's like twelve pages of pictures. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't ever get a book like that. every now and then. I'm like, it's especially like in a like a history, sort of like a like biography or something like that. It's like you're reading, you're reading, you're reading, and then suddenly, boom. 12 pictures of uh, 12 pages of, of pictures that sounds great and then but then they're, then they're gone and it's almost like oh i still have yeah, 180 pages to read yeah, yeah i honestly feel like even to this day like because i go back and read like i think man those books are the only ones that have pictures in them for the most part that i read but every time i'm like getting to a new illustration mm-hmm. which is like every five pages or so in those mm-hmm. like um is it pauline baines is the illustrator <laughs> i don't know Someone else illustrated them later and it was awful. Um, <laughs> but like every time I get to a picture, I'm like, yes. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Like, I I'm like, love I'm that. like, you know, sometimes you feel good about ending a chapter and you're like, yeah, yeah. Closing. yeah. I, like, I feel really good about getting the pictures. I wish there were more pictures in books. <laughs> I feel like there's got to be a word for that. Like, maybe like there's a German word or something for like <laughs> yeah. the feeling of anticipation for a picture in a <laughs> book. <laughs> Um, yeah, it's, it's, uh, and it's like quite, quite an honest thing. Not even hardly even a joke. It's just yeah. like, I, like I look and I don't read graphic novels or anything like that. So that's mm. surprising, but yeah. Anyway, they got excited about, uh, about, about the map, maps. About, about maps. I'm a big fan of maps. Are you? Oh yeah. I love maps. Do you, do you plan a road trip on a paper map? Ooh, good. I used to. <laughs> it's, it's a lot more work. I, I, yes. It's I, like you'd have to really want it. Yeah. I mean, I, I will. Okay. By plan, like I don't take the the map with me, but when I am planning a road trip, I do bring out a map. Yeah. And then I ended up transferring that over to a more, I mean, now with GPSs, yeah, it's, it's like that. I just outline it. But I will look at a map when I'm starting a trip just to kind of get the lay of the land. Okay, this is something I've been doing for myself. Okay. This is really important. Um, uh, is on Google Maps, um, you know you can like have it like ebb and flow. It doesn't stay true north all the time. It like right. follows you. Mm-hmm. I've been like plotting north when I'm like, especially in a new place where I'm traveling a large distance and like zooming out a lot more. And it oh. gives me such a like a happier sense in my brain of where I physically am in a city or the country at, okay. a, as a whole. When I just follow that little wiggly sure. thing... I have no sense of where I am. Now, is that like, like you know where the body of water is? You know where like the hills yeah, are or something exactly. like that? Is that? You get a feel like if you're on like, there's like a lot of diagonal streets in the area. But honestly, even just geographically, like getting a sense of like, I don't know the ge- the geography of where all the states are that well okay. in the U.S. It's yeah. like, I, I know better the countries in Europe where they fall than I know huh. like what's the next state over. It's okay. like just, it's more vague in my head. 
Yeah, yeah. And so, like, whenever I'm on a road trip, I feel like <laughs> I'll arrive somewhere and I'll feel like, I wish I would have looked at a map before and just had a better <laughs> sense of how much space I traveled. Yeah. And, yeah. I, I'm a big, I love maps. I love, uh, I, I love traveling. I'm pretty good with the United States. Like I could, I could almost point every, every every single state on a map. Do you? Are you also the sort of person who's like, you know what highway you're on? Like if you took the highway, you, someone's like, what highway you're on? You're like, oh yeah, that was. Wow. I, I'm probably yeah. Internet. You know. I, see, I'll take highways places, like, and I won't even know what highway I was on. <laughs> <laughs> and I feel like that's just like I like, get there, and someone will be like, oh yeah, did you take highway? I'm like, I don't know. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> Put that in my short-term memory. How's your? Are you? How's your sense of direction? Better than maybe the average person okay. by a little bit. Okay. I would. That's my knee-jerk guess. Okay. Just knowing, but that's knowing people who are awful and being alarmed. Yeah, isn't it strange? <laughs> it's alarming. Yeah. I had a friend that was like, you know, I can relate in that. Like, I'm an awful speller. Uh -huh. I can't spell. Uh -huh. But like. Sometimes when you can do something, you just can't imagine why someone else can't. And I, I had a, like a best friend, uh, still a good friend of mine, which is, he lives out of state, who, like, you could just describe the most simple, like, you're just going to take a left at the next street. And he's like, write it down, Barry, write it down. <laughs> and, like, it, and I got to know him later. And I was like, oh, this isn't a joke. And, like, after a couple of years, like, I saw him, like, be like, how do I get, and this was, like, we were uh, friends, you know, before I think we all had smartphones with GPS, too. Uh -huh. And um, he would ask people <laughs> for help. Um, and he would be like, I don't, I don't, can you write it down? And then he would just, after a while, just, like, the person would be like, I'll, I'll explain it, you'll get it. And I would just watch the light no. and joy go out of his face and just go, I'm going to nod my head and indulge No, him. no. And I know nothing. I, I will have retained none of this. That is so sad. Yeah. Sad. <laughs> yeah, I, I remember, you're making me uh, remember a friend of mine. Or you're reminding me of a friend who currently lives in Chicago. And when she lived here in Sarasota, like we would go somewhere near our theater, not too far, maybe three or four blocks. And, and now I feel cruel that I was doing this. But I would literally be like, so which way is the theater? And like, and like she like, we're, oh, we're like not too, we're <laughs> maybe a, a third of a mile away. And then, so, so then she'll like, she'll literally, she'll look around and then she'll point in like the opposite direction I'm like no it's <laughs> so yes I the pain of like the directionally challenged I feel bad also uh, like some people with like scale like oh scale my yeah. husband was like one time like before he realized that you could have Google like, tell you how long it is to the a next like midpoint while yeah. you're in a trip yeah I was like how far away does that next bathroom or like uh, you know rest stop look and he's like it's about, he's like, it's probably about an hour. <laughs> and then I'm like, an hour? Is that an hour? And then like, we looked at it, it was like five minutes. Yeah. He's like, I was just judging that from this space yeah. to this space. <laughs> Not, and here, here's the thing, though, and maybe I have a feeling that maybe those, those folks who like are, have difficulty with scale or direction, my, my empathy with them is that I, I'm, I am temporally challenged. Like time is a thing that... Even though like schedules and you know, agendas, like I, I, that's really important to me. Okay. But like my sense of how much time has, has passed, passed or how much time it's going to take me to get somewhere. Keep an eye on time. Oh, right. For you, too, <laughs> Thank you, you gotta, to go to my next thing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, my sense of time is, is, is horrendous. And I get constantly made fun of it because it's going to be like, you know, I could be here at home and 
you know, we got I got to go pick up my kids, and I'll be like, you know, I, and maybe they, you have to get picked up at three p.m. or something, and it's two fifty, and my wife will tell me like, you have to go pick up the kids. I'm like, oh, I know. And then she's like, it takes you, it's going to take you 15 minutes. I'm like, oh, right. I like that. The scent putting them together, like how time works in my head. Like in my mind, I'm like, it's right over there. Therefore it's going to take me five minutes. No, well, it's good. It's 15 minutes. Has the, um, like the pandemic lifestyle made that any worse? Cause I feel like time is is becoming even odder during the pandemic. It's just doesn't make sense to me anymore time. Yeah. Yeah. I I mean, the first couple of months were really strange. I mean, I started to sleep weird hours. Uh, I was waking up at weird times. Like, yeah, time just meant nothing. But now what makes time even weirder is we are, um, I think like the, the virtual world, the, especially working in the virtual world Mm -hmm. has really messed everything up because it's like, there's no more travel time. Yeah. Right? It's like Which is a huge plus. It's a huge plus, but you're like meetings one right after another. Yeah. Because you don't have to you don't have to go anywhere. You just log out, log back in. Yep. And so time is becoming this vacuum where I mean Also three hours teaching a class in front of a computer feels completely different than three hours teaching a class in person. Yes. Yeah. Like I'm though I may have had fun the whole time and been like felt alert. When I'm done teaching a three-hour class online, I am like, it feels more like, um, like I used to teach like on Saturday, like sometimes like nine hours. It was kind of crazy. But um, it it feels more like that. Yeah, yeah. Like teaching online. Oh, yeah. Oh, Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to go cry for a second. I'm so tired. Uh, Yes, yeah. Yeah, I, um, I mean, thankfully, I feel like I'm getting... No, that's a totally different lawnmower. Yeah, that's a, is that a weed whacker? It might be a weed whacker. <laughs> you guys might not be hearing it. I know there's like church bells ringing in the last time I was recording, and I was like, "Do you hear that?" To the person on the other side of the Zoom, and they're like, "No, <laughs> there's church bells." I forgot that Tuesday. Uh, today's Tuesday, right? Speaking of time, yes, today's Tuesday. Tuesday is the day that the city trims the park that we're right next oh, to. Okay, yeah. So they close everything. I mean, sure enough. It's shut down. And <laughs> so yeah, they're definitely, we can confirm. It is Tuesday. And they are trimming the park. <laughs> and and it a looks party. great. Yeah. There's no poops on the ground. <laughs> no poops on, everything's going well in this corner of Sarasota. Uh, but yes, yeah, I've, uh, I mean, thankfully, I've, I'm starting to get more and more used to it. Uh, uh-huh. But I would... I would say like early in the virtual teaching, the naps were constant. Like the na- I would like teach, uh-huh. then like, okay, I've got 20 minutes to my next class, nap. Teach, wow. 20, but now I thankfully I think I've got, I, I've got it down. You sound, and you also, you sound like very busy and like you've got a lot of stuff going on. Like, it, yes. I feel tired. Like <laughs> I'm like, Tuesday, I got a class. Uh, Let me prep for it. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> I feel like sometimes when you have less in life, the one extra thing feels like a big deal to you. You're yeah. like, oh boy. <laughs> uh, I have to be somewhere on Tuesday. So, yeah. it, you know, it is Sunday. You got to start thinking about that. So are you still teaching now? Yeah, I'm teaching. Uh, this te- past term, I, t- I taught like three classes. For, for Second City. For Second City, okay. And um, occasionally I'll teach like an independent thing, but I haven't been doing that as much right now. Um uh, and then we're just going into a new term. So, okay. you know, if you 
can remember working for someone else. Yeah. <laughs> you don't know what's going to happen every right. eight weeks. Yeah. <laughs> like, is this is going to be a great eight weeks or not? <laughs> you have no idea how much work you're going to get in that world. Right. Which you, like, uh, was one thing um, I wanted to talk about with you is, like, you've um, done such a great job, it seems like, in your career of just been, like, such a go-getter of, like, finding all the avenues in which you want to apply your skill set mm-hmm. and your improv and, yeah. like... Let's take a little look over your website and yeah. like all the unique work you do, like with Alzheimer's. <laughs> yeah. I, I, for, I thought for a moment that you like did meditation work. Then I saw, then I realized it was mediation. mediation. I got so excited. <laughs> I was like, I want to talk about meditation. <laughs> um, but like, uh, it's, um, it's kind of interesting of like how I always think as a, a actor, improviser, comedian, we always have to self produce everything and like, mm-hmm. you know, um, there's so much like you re- you learn so many skill sets like I like I had to learn how to edit and blah blah blah. Right. But like someone like you is like really like how many theaters do you have your feet in as like directors and <laughs> so yes, I, director. I am so my full time gig is uh, here in Sarasota as uh-huh. a director of improvisation for the Florida Studio Theater. Uh, but I'm also the artistic director emeritus of Improv Boston, which was an honorary title for the most part. <laughs> But I was activated into service <laughs> a couple of years ago when there was a, a, like, like supremacy. Yeah, like you're right, exactly. It was like uh, the management uh, team stepped away, so then they yeah I got a call from the the, the board of directors. They're like, we we need your help, and so I got I was for a year I consulted. I was helping them out. I was flying up to Boston uh, every month. Uh, then of course now working uh, uh, with and for Improv Asylum, right? As their incoming artistic director, kind of as as yeah. uh, so that's that's another one. Then I have my own group, Big Bang Improv, and so which is my international touring presence. So those are the it, those are the main four. But then main four, just yeah. there's four that are main, and then there's more, and then there's more. <laughs> there's other like projects and groups that I that I you do some I personal training with. too. I do personal training, yeah. So yes. <laughs> and then again, all of this has sort of it's been organic. A lot of these tilts in my life have been organic, uh, and where it's kind of me just saying yes to. And I think this is. Uh, I think sorry for sidetracking really quick. No, no. As an imp- uh, I think one of the beautiful things about improv, one of the one of the benefits of improv mm-hmm. is it, it starts to rewire your way of thinking yep. after a while you're For like sure. uh, you're 100%. like okay uh <laughs> i'm gonna go ahead and uh i'm gonna say yes to this opportunity right uh i'm just gonna it looks like something that i can do so i'm gonna say yes to it and then i'm gonna see where it's gonna go mm-hmm. kind of like in an improv scene i'm gonna say yes and then we'll see what happens uh and then that's how the mediation stuff started like that's i cool. said yes to a gig they needed uh entertainment during a conference so there was a mediation conference, and they were like, "We need, we we need an improv show." Yeah. Uh, and I pitched them a bunch of shows, and they were like, "Oh, this one person improv show that you do sounds interesting. Could you do that one?" And I was like, "Oh boy, not the one that I thought you were going to pick, but okay, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'll yeah. do it." I'll, and I, it's a one person improv show that I do. I did that, and then they invited me back the next year. And then after the second year, they're like, "Will we think that?" Uh, oh, the second year it was a show and a workshop. And then after that, the folks who run this mediation uh, 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 institute were like, "Hey, we like we like your workshop. We like what you do. Would you ever consider being a mediator?" Yeah. And I was like, "Not something that I thought about." (laughs) And they were like, "We will sponsor your 
your education to become a mediator. That's very cool. And so then that's what opened that whole door. And uh, so now I do, not only do I do mediation, but I train mediators, right? So that's that. And then the the whole physical trainer thing was very similar. It's like I'd been doing CrossFit for uh, about five years. And then an opportunity came up to take the class and getting a certificate in it. And I was like, okay, sure, let me do this. I took it. And then I started to, it started to really tap into my teaching soul. And I was like, oh, this is, I get it. Now that I get this more, I want you're, to start you're to You're just it. a teacher at heart probably. Right, too, yeah. Right? And so that then I'm like, let's just take yes. that next step. Once you, you know something, you feel like you want to share it. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. I'm the same sort of way. Okay, cool, yeah. I, I used to teach rock climbing for like years. Yeah. And like, um, and like, there's a lot of things that I've done. That I'm like, oh, I... Like, would I want to teach this? And then I'm like, stop. You don't have to teach yeah, right, it. Right, right, right. <laughs> you don't have to teach it. <laughs> That's good. I got to stop myself. There's definitely a, a type, right, where it's like um, you like probably appreciate like someone who communicates clearly and teaches things well. Yeah. And, like has a good way of like getting you to understand something. Yeah. And then like once you learn something, it's like you just it, – almost want to share it because oh I, I learned this thing and i think i can explain it yeah 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 so it's a satisfying thing to be able to like share something that you like you've learned mm-hmm. and and i i feel like uh one thing i because i also i'm big into sports and i've always noted uh like i've always paid attention to like the really good coaches and what they do and what i've noticed is that a lot of the best coaches weren't always like the all-star players, like they're they're not the ones that like kind of were the best players, but they're they're the ones who were who were really good players, but they sort of had to teach themselves how to get to that because it wasn't potentially like just like innate to them, and so right. they had to do the mental math. Exactly. Like, this is this yeah is based on my ability. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's that's helped me understanding that, right? Understanding how head coaches do that started to, started to affect the way that I teach as well. And and instead of me being like, "Oh, you see what? Why why can't you just do that? What I uh, <laughs> yeah. do do the thing that I just did? No, it's like I need to build people up so that they understand it and they could do it for themselves. Yeah, you know, I've only occasionally. I mean, it, I mean, not, I shouldn't say super occasionally, but on the occasion, I get to co-teach with somebody, mm-hmm. and like every time, I appreciate doing that so much. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say like, you know, 95% of the time I'm like, damn, this person, like, I love some of the stuff they're doing. Every, like, you know, every once in a while you're like, oh, oh I want to do it that way. I want to do it that way. <laughs> just cause like you probably have a strong point of view as a teacher. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it's just so like satisfying to watch other people like be like, oh my God, I would like, I wouldn't run class this way, but that's cool. Or yeah. like, um, like, like, yeah, it's very fun to watch people's style come out right. and like how they approach things. Yeah, and and I do feel that the majority of people I've watched, you know, teach and the people I've taken classes from, I'm like very impressed with of like their passion and how they communicate it mm-hmm. and like with their approaches. So you're making me uh, think of something. Did, did your because you said you study German and philosophy? Yeah, yeah. Did that? Because my question is my answer to the question I'm about to ask you is yes, definitely for me. Uh-huh. But for you, did what you studied inspire the way that you teach? Ooh, that's a good one, Will. I did what I study inspire the way that I teach. 
I think, well, you know, it's so funny because like philosophy is such a, like a broad open mm-hmm. topic that I think like I probably had a philosophical slant to me my whole life. Okay. And I just happened to then get a, an opportunity to study it. And so I would say, yeah, in a, in a broad sense, my like philosophy does inspire the way I teach, but it, um, I guess I would think of it more of just a predisposition that I have already, you know, from the get go. Sure. Does German? Uh, <laughs> no, probably not too much, except for when I play a German character. Uh, uh, right. <laughs> have you been to? Uh, have you visited like German theaters, festivals? Uh, I have. Oh boy, did I? No, like Belgian and. Um, no, I have not done any. Uh, I think I saw like one German show. Uh-huh. Yeah, in a small southern barbarian town oh wow yeah, cool yeah. yeah i mean there's gonna be once the world opens up again there, there's some really neat uh, yeah. uh, festivals out there i've really i've really um most of my improv car- career this is kind of an interesting thing um i have been you know kind of stifled in chicago mm, okay <laughs> I, I i think as a lot of improvisers may know like i just never felt like i had the money Mm. to like go travel and do these festivals yeah. and you know in the past few years starting to travel more and like having some more like money to do that sort of stuff of like such a such a shift of like you can get real like oh yeah chicago chicago's where it's at right and then you're like uh-uh there's like right. these cool things happening everywhere and there's like these amazing teachers sitting in these like like cities that aren't new york la or chicago crazy? yeah and then, yeah it definitely it definitely um opens up a lot for you yeah. as a, you know as a, a performer and an improviser yeah yeah but does uh what does what you studied oh right the way um, you, you teach so i was a uh so i was a physics and a computer science major in in college and i would say it uh it it influenced the way that i i saw improv definitely uh i always cite this one class that i took uh and it was like my junior senior year um it was a uh, it was a class on on the mechanics of like the the working universe, like from like the quantum level up to like the astronomic level, mm. right? Like kind of just looking at everything. And this is why it jumped out at me because there was part of the class where we had to focus on the physics on a planetary level and on a and on a quantum level, and note that they function differently, but also like how are they the same? Yeah. was the big thing. <laughs> and then I just remember at that point in my brain being like, oh, wow. Like, oh. Uh, and I was still very new. So it was like 97. Okay. 90, no, not even. Like 96. 95, 96. So I was just starting to get the idea of like short form and long form. And it was, and, and this was pre-internet or yeah, it was pre, not pre-internet, but pre-browsers and Googles and all that. Mm-hmm. So it was, I was being fed in this information by people who had seen the promised land of improv and they would talk to me about short form and long form. And then I just, and then I'd be like, oh wow. So there's these two things of improv, which up until this point I've been taught as two different things. Uh-huh. But then like at the same time, this physics thing <laughs> entered my head. And then at that point I'm like, wait, what if there, there's a similarity between this short it's the stuff quantum and, level and yeah, what's the regular the, new Newtonian level. Yeah, and, exactly. And that's like and that like really that. it like programmed my improv brain to always be looking for those connections and threads across all these different things. Uh, and so that inspired the way that I teach as well. Cause I'm always like trying to be like, here's how this connects to this. Here's how this little short form move relates to this long form move. I love that. Yeah. I was, you know, um, 
I guess I'm sure that studying German, and I'm sure that studying philosophy is it definitely informed, you know, the way I teach. But I would bet that um, not as specific to studying German itself, but like learning a new language. Mm, yeah. Um, you're, are you you're at least bilingual, right? Yes. Yes. I heard you speaking Spanish. Um, and then is it is it bilingual or bilingual? Yes. Yeah. Um, as like as I learned a language, especially as a, an, a, an adult, um, you learn the skill set of being a sympathetic um, speaker and listener. Uh huh. Because Ooh. like you know, after learning a language, that like you need people to speak in a certain way to you uh, who are like who have mastery of that language. So they need to be a sympathetic speaker. Yeah. So you can understand them. Sympathetic speaker, I love that. Yep, and then. Um, also like as someone like if I'm speaking to someone who doesn't have mastery of English then I need to also be like a sympathetic listener mm. because you're using like I don't know it just trains you to listen and speak in a way to know that you're being comprehended and that you're presenting in a way that can be comprehended so yeah. like man boy did I have to hone that skill for like four years yeah. you know studying German in college I, uh, I am I am caught up in that term because I love it uh, or both of those in conjunction with one another, the idea of a of a sympathetic speaker is that what you, is what you said? It's sympathetic, uh, yeah, a sympathetic like, and a sympathetic and listener. listener. I love yeah. that, yeah. Because you know, you, you, like even like the the words you choose in a new language, you're like, man, I know that this person who's just starting their way in this language, the likelihood that they're going to know this word. Yeah. Let me get a more simple word like snag, or let me like you know. Be more expressive, and let me watch them to make sure That's that they're great. comprehending. This so, is, of course, that applied it applies in improv. I mean, it, it really, no, it totally does. Just a direct correlation, almost. So you, you're like, okay, that this whole thing, I'm love it. I love it. And now I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, I gotta, I gotta steal this from Johnny. I think, I think it's great. Uh, but it, uh, it's tying over to how CrossFit has influenced me as an improv teacher. Oh, interesting. So. Uh, I, I, there's two two definite ways, and then one that you're, I'm, so, I'm but considering. Also, you're a CrossFitter. Uh, yes, you I'm didn't tell me that earlier. Yes, That's a specific type of fitness and cult. Yes, <laughs> <No>. <laughs> <laughs> it's, in that way, it's very much like improv. The yeah, cultish it's, it's aspect right. is very much like there's improv. There's levels. And... Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, so we um, it, oh, well, another part of it is that like improv, you could go to like any improv theater in the world, and it's like, hey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, CrossFit's cool. the same way. That's you go to cool. any CrossFit gym anywhere in the world, yeah. you're suddenly like within, like <laughs> within your, your cult. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And like, and like the language, the, the the primary language might be different, but the internal language is the same. Like it's a, a we're still saying the same things. Uh, but uh, so so one thing that uh, w- one way that that improv or that CrossFit inspired my teaching is the way just a CrossFit class runs, right? There's like, there, you, you do your stretching, stretching and mobility at the top. Okay. Then you yeah. do very like muscle-specific warm-ups. Then you go into the main workout. And then once I, I, I did that, I started to rearrange my classes oh, to kind of be in the same way. I started to move warm-ups out of certain weeks that I'm like, this warm-up had, does nothing to build the skill that we're doing right yeah. now. So I've started to rearrange my warm-ups to kind of think along the same lines. Another thing that, that CrossFit does is that and I think there's one thing that not many people know is that it's meant so that anyone of any strength and skill level could all be in the same class together. Okay. Right? So like you could be 
you know, they might what we call the RX of the webs of the the website, the RX of the workout. It might be like, okay, for this uh, the RX, you've got to lift like there was yesterday. You had to lift 145 pounds, right, and then do these other very complicated moves. If you could do that, awesome. If you cannot then we're going to bring this, the weight down a little bit. We're going to be like 95 pounds or 65 pounds. If even that's too difficult, like if you have mobility issues, then what we're going to do is we're going to like no weights. We're just going to bring a PVC pipe out and some bands. So you think you could still do the workout with everybody yeah. else, but to meet your that's, skill level. That's great. Right? And so it, it started to really in, influence me, especially once I moved to Sarasota where I'm dealing with a very different demographic. I'm dealing with an older demographic mixed in with a young demographic. In your classes? In my classes. And now is this in your improv classes? In my improv classes. Okay. Yeah, so I have, my, my improv classes can go from like, I have one improv class that is in ranges from uh, 23, 24 to 67. Right? Yeah, that's, and that's a big that's a big span. And that's a and it's very common yep. to, in my classes. So I start to figure out what CrossFit how CrossFit helped me was like this idea of scaling a, uh, an improv class so that mm-hmm. somebody who might be a little bit faster, a little bit uh you know, uh who's with more experience can work with somebody who maybe has not had the and I'm going to use I'm going to miss, start to mix things, uh, who does not have the same cognitive fitness that a younger person has. So they might need to just, I might need to scale an exercise for them yeah. so that they could still participate together. Uh, and so this goes to the, it, I, I tie it back to this whole idea of sympathetic, sy- sympathetic speaking yeah, and listening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 100%. Yeah. Dude, this has been such a treat. Um, a dang delight. I'm keeping track of the time. Oh, thank you. you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, thank you so much for doing this, Will. Yeah, no, such this, a pleasure. This was great. Also, just to speak to like Will's like, yes, and like I just emailed him. Don't never met him before. And like immediately the next day, he's like, yeah. And I'm like, uh, I might be leaving town tomorrow. <laughs> Could you do tomorrow? <laughs> tomorrow. He's like, yeah, in the morning for sure. Yeah. <laughs> and then I'm like, my car's, my car battery's dead. He's like, okay, I can come, I can come to you. And like, <laughs> so thank you for being so just like down to jump in. And it's been really cool getting to meet you. Oh, I'm glad we were able to, to make it work. I mean, this is a special treat. And, uh-huh. uh, I, I, and just being here, uh, I'm still like, keep looking at the van and looking at all these awesome things. Great work here. Thank you so much. I, I know our power paths will cross again. <laughs> yes, uh, for sure. Uh, and so uh, thank you so much, Johnny. Thank you, dude. All right. What a delight. <laughs> Come on.